All right, this is the episode seven, The Force Awakens. We're almost done. Yes, we are on the home stretch now. We count down the days to Rise of Skywalker. We got Force Awakens done. Which at this point is a week till Rise of Skywalker. Yep. So what better perfect time than to talk about the two films that proceed before it? Yeah. Well, this time we're just doing Force Awakens, but but man, I am excited to talk about Force Awakens. Because while I do have memory of watching Revenge of the Sith and preparing for it when I was younger. Oh, this is the one. This is the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. I saw this in Hawking Hills, Ohio. And in one of the most country movie theaters you can imagine. <laughs> More this, country than mine? Well, this place had like a country arcade center. with On the hallways, before you got to the theater section of it, it was like, I forgot what it was called, like, I don't, I forget but um what the real place is called but like i walk and you see like all these big pictures like of just the town of logan ohio of like their fair winning celebrations and all this stuff and it's so cheap you can get a large pop and a large popcorn for like two dollars and get candy and everything for like three bucks wow i wish that was my local theater it's so cheap there for a dollar 25 you can get like a small drink or something you know, so, man. But, but hey, my theater can show 3D movies. I bet yours can't. Well, the one in Toledo can. Not where I've seen this one. Okay, I guess we'll go with that. But, yeah, this was my first experience watching Star Wars in theaters. This, man, was it something. What Was the hype real? Cause I, For I rem- everybody. Because I remember a little bit about the hype from Revenge of the Sith. Mm. A little, you know, here and there. Like, I don't fully remember it mm. as well. And I, and I did watch the Clone Wars theatrical movie mm-hmm. in theaters, I remember. Uh, I don't recommend that, but I do remember watching it. But this one, I definitely remember because I remember it was Black Friday when the first teaser trailer came out for this film. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know the title. We didn't know hardly anything about it. And once once I saw that trailer, I was hooked. I couldn't wait for a year for this film to come out. And once it finally came out, I dragged my parents Thursday night <laughs> to watch Force Awakens. I couldn't wait. Mm-hmm. And of course, we we got there late mm. because you know my parents, th- my mom took a long time getting ready and oh, stuff. Oh, and traffic. And traffic it brings you late too. Yeah, that too. So we got there late, and my, now just to give you a comparison to my local theater. It only shows two showings at a given time. <laughs> One of them's 3D, which is kind of a big deal in my local area, I guess. So we saw it in the 3D showing, and my uh, theater we the theater room we saw it in can maybe hold a hundred people, maybe max, maybe at least between 75 to 100, I'd say. And it was almost packed. Like we had to sit in the very front row. Mm. That's how packed it was. Wow. And Man, let me tell you what. I remember having just the... I remember that Lucasfilm just going across and just being... Mm. Boom! Right into Star Wars. And the ending, which we're going to talk about. But, like, people clapping at the ending. Oh, we we did too. Star Wars is back, baby. You know? Well, everyone applauded once the Star Wars logo appeared. Mm. That's when we all applauded. I think we applauded a little bit when we saw the Millennium Falcon. But we oh, definitely yeah, yeah, applied yeah. at the end. Yeah. Like, that was so cool. I mean, my local area, which people don't express themselves hardly at all in a theater, mm. to have that experience was just awesome. Yeah. 
and one of my favorite movie going experiences just sitting there in 3d like watching it you know from row because there's there's one there's this one scene of like one of the destroyer ships you know flying in, in on the screen mm -hmm. I remember watching it in 3d and just being amazed at how close it looked mm -hmm. so yeah it, it was a great experience watching it that time and i think i watched it again afterwards i only saw it twice in theaters but mm -hmm. man what a what a ride getting there what a ride getting there because this is the first film that uh disney produced after mm -hmm. disney bought lucasfilm back in 2012 mm -hmm. this was yep. they were guaranteed it that was going to come out in 2015 that was their guaranteed date but it got pushed back because that's because of delays in production and stuff that took a little bit longer than they anticipated so we got it in Christmas instead of May, which is when the other Star Wars films came out. They all came out in May. But the question is, was it worth it having to wait so long? Yes. Yeah, I I, I think there's no competition. I think uh, we can say yes. Just, it's, I think it's a perfect time to release a Star Wars movie. Kids are home. College kids are home. Fanboys are home. Willing to use their money on Christmas around the time to celebrate and you can get more people in that theater and plus it's a holiday so if you can make the holiday season seem like this is a movie you can't not watch before the year's end it's like it's crunch time that's why you can expect big two-week numbers yeah. between that period i mean, I just think it was a bold choice because like all the other star wars films came out in may like mm. star wars was associated with being a summer blockbuster so to have it come out at Christmas was an interesting, I mean, interesting choice because, yeah, it was like that because of the production and stuff. But like you said, like, I think that its biggest strength was that holiday audience. Like, mm -hmm. they had nothing more to watch during that holiday season, so why not have, you know, kids come from college or be out from school and watch it during the Christmas season as sort of like a Christmas get-together. I think that was really wise on Disney's part. And that might have been how, why it contributed to two over two billion dollars in the box office <laughs> which is insane <laughs> until endgame came out um, and it was like Woo! it's like yeah we're gonna blow right past that <laughs> and it did but man let me tell you what i remember watching the you know the box office come out i was like man this film will still keep making money <laughs> i guess disney made a good deal on this mm -hmm. but i remember like i said i remember the hype being real it was awesome but do we still feel that way? Because it's been four years since Force Awakens came out. Yeah. And with Rise of Skywalker looming close to us, do we still feel that passion that we felt going into Force Awakens all those years ago? Yeah. That's, that's the question. It's... Which we all discuss. Yeah. I can't give a definite answer on it yet. Well, well, we'll talk about it. Well, okay, let's talk about some strengths. All right. And uh, you were mentioning about just passion again yeah. well i will say this i've watched this movie a couple times since four let's just put it that way i've watched it every year since four when i do my star wars oh, reruns yeah same but even for one i rewatched it but like just something about this movie and you said the 10 year period like i don't know something about the music and everything and just the actors and the faces and just how the movie portrays the old cast as something like, you don't know who Luke Skywalker is? <gasps> you know, like Han Solo, the Rebellion General. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, even though we watch this over and over again, there's still some fascination with Episode 7, The Force 
Awakens. Like, this is a continuation from 1983. Mm-hmm. And that just, you know, that's a little bit of like a, I don't know, I kind of find it like, to, out of all of them, this one's like, this one's episode seven. This is like The Force Awakens. Like, they created a new story out of this. And, mm-hmm. like, it's a celebration that they're redoing Star Wars again. And this long gap of time from combining, uh, which this is one of my highest, combining original fans, prequel fans, and new fans all encompass Episode Seven Because mm-hmm. they, they mention clones. There's a lot of original stuff in here. Um, they mentioned Darth Vader, and boom, we're off to a new generation of Star Wars. This has this movie has made Star Wars like Disney's. They created Galaxy, you know, mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge because of this movie being so successful, and Last Jedi and all of them being successful. But this movie creates Star Wars back in pop culture again. Well, I think I had a difficult job to do that because. People were divisive, mm-hmm. and still are divisive. I think not as much as they were back in the early 2000s. But they still had those people that kind of were a little distant with Star Wars because they had a bad taste from the prequels. Yep. And then you had people who loved the prequels, probably not caring for the fact that they're retelling a Star Wars story again. Mm-hmm. So you had to please all audiences. You know, people who love the original trilogy, which yep. wouldn't be that hard. People who love the prequels, mm-hmm. which that'd be a little bit trickier. But people who are distrustful of Star Wars because of the prequels... Like, mm-hmm. you had to please all those audiences, mm-hmm. you know, not just, you know, our generation, but yeah. my parents' generation, mm-hmm. and even their g- older generation that may have grown up with their kids watching the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah. You had to please all their audiences, and to make $2 billion, and to start a franchise, and to have a film that's, you know, critically successful. I mean, I haven't heard too many negative reviews no. from Force Awakens. This movie will never get an F by anyone. I, I don't think so. No. If, if it does... I don't see it. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. <laughs> but, you know, it just goes to show the success of this film and how it just was able to reignite Star Wars to mm-hmm. where it's still a passion for people talking about it 40 years later. That just shows yeah. success. Yeah. Which Star is Wars is awesome. All righty. Star Wars always. Yeah, that was my first high is Star Wars is back. Like, yeah. The, in that theater, like... I don't... Me, my greatest theater experience is Infinity War, but really oh, it's Endgame. Yeah. Endgame is my best theater experience I've ever had. Yeah. Um, with emotion and celebration and just seeing that with IMAX and all those uh, people like oh, a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and out of all of the Star Wars ones I've seen in theaters, this one's the one I've reacted to like the most. I remember... Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I can't... Because it's been four years. It's been a while. And there wasn't a ton of people in that 40-person theater... Um, but it was like, uh, I remember distinctly, I remember like either, I remember giggling, but also clapping when it does, that's garbage, you know, uh-huh. and the garbage will do, then does mm-hmm. the music. Yeah. Um, so and it's just like, oh, you know, yeah. like, it's a falcon. I think my theater did that too. We're like, yeah, the Falcon, woo! Yeah, and yeah. just, I don't remember if I went crazy at the beginning because me, I'm so locked in on Luke is missing and reading that rest of that crawl that I was like, yeah, I celebrated. Like, I can't get distracted though. I need to read every element of this crawl. But I remember distinctly the the hair, the 
the Millennium Falcon scene and when Han comes on the ship, mm-hmm. like just being like, "Oh, that's mu- and the music, oh, that's awesome." Yeah, but the especially the ending, just like clapping and being yeah. like, "Star Wars is back." Yep, that's same. awesome ending. Yeah, you know, like they did did Luke Skywalker. Like he's he's back. He's awesome. He looks so cool. Mm-hmm. And he's on an island, and so this, oh, like movie just gets me back in the mood. Oh, oh yeah, gets you back in the Star Wars vibe. Yeah, I love it. All right, I'll say. That I um, enjoy that they bring John Williams back. I think I think you kind of have to for yeah. a main episodic film. Yeah, I mean, because John Williams, even though he's done so many great iconic scores, you know, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. E.T., Indiana Jones. Let's face it, he'll always be known for Star Wars. <laughs> like that'll be on his tombstone when he <laughs> dies. It's like John Williams. Star Wars, beloved husband, father, whatever, <laughs> and Star Wars. Yeah, music composer. Yeah, he, 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 he's just great, and it just feels right, like the right ingredient to have John Williams in there mm. to at least make fans happy that, you know, oh, well, this is on the right track. You know, and John it, Williams is back. It gives everyone that you mentioned back on track. When you have John Williams sign on, yep. you know, and you have George sign on, and if you have J.J. sign on, and you have original themes in there, gets everyone back on track. Exactly. It makes everyone happy. Yep. Like, okay, we're on the right track. This is good. You, you didn't get this other yep. film producer that you just hired a month ago you went to classic do this. George, you hired John Williams. Yeah. And he's done, what, eight, two? So he did yep. everything. And he's going to do nine. Yeah, he's well, doing everything yep. except the episodic ones he's always going to yeah, do. So. Yeah, the only ones he didn't do were Solo and Rogue One. Yeah. Which makes sense. They're not episodic. But. Yep. And just, they added a couple songs. There's race theme. They did, yeah. There's Kylo's yeah, theme. And there's a couple of good ones like and race theme. There's and the, the island theme. The island theme, yeah, that one's good. Which I personally love. So, um, but all of them are great, and uh, just hearing the classic music again. Not even just the classic Star Wars, but hearing Leia's theme. Mm-hmm. Hearing like the Star Wars theme and um, the, the Force theme, the like, Force like, theme. like when Kylo reaches for the lightsaber and Ray mm-hmm. grabs it. You know. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, the music is good in this. So good. Like, I've... I don't know if we've said it before on the podcast, but music of Star Wars is... It's it's the... It, it keeps Star Wars... Like, you need music in anything that you make, and if it doesn't have good music, you don't feel that connection. And mm-hmm. it's the lifeblood of Star Wars. It helps flow what you're feeling right now. And if she does not walk up those steps in that song... I don't feel as much teary-eyed and, like, emotion and look yeah. on Mark Hamill's face of regret and just indecision and past because of that music, of leading up to it. I just think it's funny that when they are originally uh, thinking about Star Wars that it was originally going to be, like, a techno mm. kind of 70s synth theme, but George Lucas was insistent that it needed to be classical and, and stuff, and that was the right choice because, I mean, can you imagine Star Wars without the music? Yeah. I mean, it, it'd be ludicrous to think that, you know? Not yeah. having that, but yeah, it, it is the lifeblood, in essence, of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, none, of, any of the scenes would not be as impactful as they are without John Williams' music, you yeah. know, conducting and having that score. Mm-hmm. So I definitely agree. Like, And there's even, like, some themes that are just so iconic that, you know, you hear, like, the first couple of notes already, you're ready to shed a tear. Like, like Leia's theme. Or the force theme, yeah. and even especially, of course, the opening crawl theme. Yeah. 
definitely agree. Um, just to get on strengths of this movie now, to get to characters and things about it, um, I'll hit on two things and I'll let you hit on the train then. Alright. Um, <laughs> BB-8 is a new droid. He's yep. the first thing you see in Star Wars, other than the ship passing, of course. But mm-hmm. I would say he is my favorite non-speaking character, new character, that doesn't really speak. Like, I feel like they did a good job getting someone makes that you cute. Yep. Make, makes it cute, makes it adorable, makes you laugh with them, and makes you on the journey with this new character. Yeah. Because, you know, this could someone could look at this and be like, oh, you're just trying to replace R2-D2, which in essence they are, and in a sense. Yeah. But, but you know, you don't think about that because you're new, on the side of BB-8. Well, and it's a new generation's droid, though. That's what I also think of it. It's a new generation, so R2's going to be there, but... It's the story isn't about Han and Leia anymore. It's about Rey and the droid that she has and everything. Yeah, it's so, kind of a passing the torch yeah. kind of story. Yeah. So, yeah, and BBH just awesome. Like BB is part of Star Wars, mm-hmm. just merchandise and the character. I think he's overblown maybe in a couple other things that he is an eight, but yeah, he's just. I think this is the best that we see in BB. Mm-hmm. We'll see what he does in nine, but. And just the way that he's practical. Like, I yeah. like that he's a practical prop. Yeah. And just the way they use him for comedy, but just also his movements and him interacting with Finn. Yeah. Like, giving him the thumbs up with the lighter. Like, mm-hmm. that. that's a great moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, BBA's done pretty good in Force Awakens. Um, and then, um, this is 2-in-1. I really enjoy that Stormtroopers are taken seriously in this movie. In a way. I mean, they're not... Yeah. I mean, they still miss quite a bit, but in that beginning scene, they're taken seriously. This is the only time the Stormtroopers are if aimed act, correctly. Nah, exactly. They know. act like Stormtroopers yeah. should act. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it's just... It's just kind of cool to see that since we've been out of Star Wars for a little bit, Star Wars comes back and our Stormtroopers, which we're used to that name and what that means, are authoritative they're powerful and they're not what we've seen from what we've already reviewed just kind of can be beamed by ewoks like i can none of those stormtroopers are going to be by ewoks like they're destroying those villages they're they find finn's ship they're targeting it they're getting off they're exploding everything and i just i just appreciate that and um i appreciate also how they look it's a different mm-hmm. design it's yep. cool it's um how they sound and um yeah I like the one that says traitor and has that, you know, cool, yep. like, little glow stick thingy, whatever it is, yeah. fighting with Finn. That, that's, like, really cool. Yep. And uh, I'll talk about, out of all of them, I think this is a new uh, new cast member that kind of brings us a different role in Star Wars. When we see Finn as um, we get an inside scoop of how a stormtrooper kind of maybe feels if he gets... His brainwash kind of goes away. Yeah. And uh, I know... That, I don't think it's actually... Le- it might be Legends that they took it from. But um, the idea of we're going to have a Stormtrooper's point of view and he's going to turn and become part of the Rebellion is is cool. So... And uh, kind of get to see humanity of a Stormtrooper and kind of can see that they're actual people. And they're all dying, either for what they believe in or they're escaping because they don't want to die. So... Um, yeah. Nothing we really got in the original trilogy. Nope. Like, I think there's deleted scenes in Return of the Jedi that show 
the like one of the commanding officers mm. of the imperial army like sort of get, talking with his troops and second guessing about the emperor and stuff mm. but that's not in the film so i like that this is we at least see from finn's perspective like why he is kind of not for the stormtrooper life and why he turns and stuff that's a cool direction to take yeah i wish they could have gone a little bit more with it you know but I, what, what they do in fact do is that like at least with finn like i think is really good yeah so you, Which, can, you can start saving some of yours. I shall. And on the line of Finn, I really like how they introduce him mm-hmm. in the opening scene, which is awesome. Just like you mentioned, seeing the stormtroopers go and just obliterate this town. And like how we get to introduce Finn, how he, you know, is a stormtrooper originally, but then once his friend dies, you know, he starts to start second-guess himself about being a part of the first order and that's why he changes and all that like i think that's great mm-hmm. seeing poe get introduced you yep. know played by oscar isaac who does a good job i, I do like his yeah. charisma and he's actually like really funny yeah. he does some good quips you know like when he's with kylo like yeah. who talks first should i talk should you talk he's and, han yeah yeah it's it's great new han new han it's it's pretty good and and so that's good and, and it introduces probably my favorite new character to this trilogy this trilogy so far at yep. least in this film kylo ren oh. played by adam driver mm-hmm. he is such a cool villain mm-hmm. and he's one of my standouts to this film because he's just so unique on where he goes in this film because he first of all he's just menacing with his helmet on like his voice yep. and his lightsaber that looks like a sword cross guard lightsaber such a cool design and just the way the the lightsaber like just glows mm-hmm. differently than the other lightsaber yep it's so cool it's a burning flame than just a light yeah so like like it's great you know something different we haven't seen in a mm-hmm. star wars film before oh and he when he holds that blaster boat from paul i was just cool. gonna mention that like mm-hmm. it's just oh, so awesome like we've never seen that before in a star wars film i mean we, we've seen them deflect blasters and stuff but we haven't seen them like hold the blaster and just have it stay there mm-hmm. like as a long line until of course he goes away like that's just a cool design and the way like he uses force powers like he you know, makes Ray go to sleep and tries to get information by reading her mind. Like, there's just cool ways to use the Force that we haven't seen before in other Star Wars films. Yep. But what I like the most is how he's he has this conflict of being drawn to the light. Because mm. we've always seen in other Star Wars films about how people are drawn to the dark side of the Force mm-hmm. and trying to get away from the dark side. Mm-hmm. I like how Kylo is being drawn to the light. Now he's trying to fight that desire mm-hmm. to be drawn to the light. He has such an interesting way to do Kylo that I think just makes him so unique as a character that mm-hmm. I just I really like him in this film. Yeah. Like like he he's great. Even his temper tantrums, which are kind of can be a little over dramatic at times. It's still fun, you yeah. know, because Darth Vader had temper tantrums in the original trilogy, so, mm-hmm. so that was kinda cool. And the other standout for me as far as the acting, because I think that the acting is done pretty well for the most part by everybody. Yeah. But I really like Harrison Ford back as Han Solo. Because, <laughs> man, let me tell you what. It can be tough to come to a film like this where you haven't played a character in almost 30 years. Actually, mm-hmm. over 30 years by the point Force Awakens came out. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have lost some of that mojo as Han Solo because he's 30 years older. You know, he's had other things happen to him and stuff. But he nails it. Mm. It's like we're watching Han Solo, right from the original trilogy, come back to Force Awakens. Like, he doesn't miss a beat. He does great quips. Him and Chewie are fun. 
him interacting with, you know, mm-hmm. Ray and Finn, you know, where Ray makes the mistake of saying, you know, oh, you made the castle run in 14 parsecs. He's like, 14, 14 12. 12. Ugh, so good. Like when he's interacting with Finn, like, I forget what Finn was saying. He was saying something about the Force, and yeah, Han Solo's like, that's not how the Force works. Uh, he just says, we'll use the Force to get... Uh, to, how to get will we into... do it? We'll use the Force. That's not, not how, how the, the Force works. works. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Like, just great lines like that, that just make me glad that he's back. And because he really is the star of the film, mm-hmm. you know, and with this being his swan song Star Wars film, basically, like... He is on point. He's energetic. I feel like this is probably his best performance in this decade. Mm. Like, I just, I really like Han Solo in this film, and he does, Harrison Ford just does a great job. So he really stands out to me in this one. Mm -hmm. And I just gotta say, the line I love, you know, when they're standing out in the cold, and, you know, Chewie goes, he's like, oh, now you're cold? (laughs) Like, uh, you're cold? Yeah, I just, (laughs) I just love that. I love that so much. Uh, I'll be just a second. Mm-hmm. Are you guys recording? Sorry, I signed yeah. out. It was like twelve oh two. Okay, but yeah. I just got back. Sorry. Okay. I was just letting yeah. you know. Yeah, Did thanks. you get it? Uh, I, I didn't get it, but. Okay, so, so it was like twelve oh two. Okay. I know like twelve was the cookie, but I got it. Don't okay. Worry. Yeah. 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 You're good. Yeah, you're fine. Okay, I'm back. I agree. Yes. I would agree more with the the, uh, Kyle Ren. Very much. I mean, I think Harrison Ford's great in his lines, and but I also love when Harrison Ford just walks into the Millennium Falcon. Oh, like, yeah, and says, Chewie, we're home. Yeah, and I, I've heard when he also just walks into the Falcon's, like, cockpit, like, J.J. described how that scene went in filming, and how, like, it's like, oh, he's like, just walk in there and be yourself, you know, as he's telling him to do what he wants him to do. In filming that scene, JJ's like just like crying and being like his his favorite character from the original trilogy is back where he belongs. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite scenes is Chewie were home, which mm-hmm. was in a trailer shot. But I, yeah, it's kind of it's still, it's still it, fun. It to looks see like it, a though. trailer shot, but it's still a very good. Like they're back. They they've found their home. We're gonna have them for the rest of the movie. Um, and Kylo is. You know, he's great. He's He reminds me of a... Uh, I, I like how you mentioned how, like, the light is calling to him. Because I never thought about it that way. And I think that does help imply that Last Jedi does have some good things to say with it. But, um... How he's from a good family. Like, Leia and Han are good people. Mm-hmm. But yet, Snoke has turned him. But yet, the light of his family and who he who he is is calling him back and that's why he's like not praying to his grandfather but being Mm. like like give me strength grandfather from what you were and help me finish what you started is like um it's like this man's he's he's lost he's he's embracing the dark side something must have happened to him but um he's not fully there yet um and there's a battle waging and all that stuff so i never thought about that way that's that's good insight right there. Yeah, so it's such a cool way to do a villain, you know, being drawn to the good instead of being drawn to the bad. So it's such a cool idea, which, mm-hmm. yeah, when we do get to Last Jedi, like, I think that does have implications going into the rest of the trilogy. Yeah. But, yeah, so just great. Mm-hmm. Greatness. Um, I guess just to mention uh, a couple more. Yep. Um, a few more. 
I really like the friendship between Ray and Finn. Mm. Like once once they get introduced, you know, to each other on Jakku. Like I like their little banter back and forth where where Ray, you know, is is you know, Finn's trying to hold Ray's hand, you know, when they're mm. trying to run past, you know, the Imperial Blasters. She's like yep. move your hand from me or mm-hmm. whatever she says. I can run without you holding my hand. hand. Yeah. And and then, you know, they have that banter of like what we mentioned about the Falcon scene mm-hmm. about like, you know, oh th- Oh, the garbage ship. Oh, the garbage oh, ship will do. Oh, garbage. Oh, the garbage Blow ship will up. do. The garbage will do. Yep. And and then, like, when they have their little banter, mm-hmm. you know, like, like when he's trying to give her, like, the tools and, you know, he, he like, says, you know, oh, is this tool? She's like, no, no. I point to it. I point to it. No, that's not it. You're not pointing. You're not doing it right. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just great. I really like that banter, that, that friendship that, you know, I, I think could... You know, like how it applies in this film, like it could be more than just a friendship. They care for each other. They, they care for each other. It just feels more than just like they're friends. Like they truly care for each other. You know, which, he came back for her. That's what she's thankful for, and she's going off to a mission with Luke. So, and she says at the end, you know, when he's in that tube container, like mm-hmm. I hope we'll find each other. You know, after this, yeah, which which is great. It just shows how close they are. Mm-hmm. So I do like that. I like their chemistry and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I also do like, which I kind of, I think we kind of mentioned a little bit, but I just want to emphasize how I just love how this film uses practical effects mm. in this one compared to the prequels, which we've watched through how yeah. George Lucas has an over-reliance on CGI mm-hmm. using it as a crutch. I love how this film goes back to the original trilogy feel and does as much practical work as possible. Yeah. Because there is some CGI used. I mean, Maz Kanata and Snoke are obviously CGI. There's mm-hmm. a few shots here and there that are. But for the most part, if they could use practical effects, they used it. Yeah. And they look great. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And it just makes the film feel real to me. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas the prequel trilogy, you know, it kind of at times feels like you're watching a cartoon. Yeah. Which we've already talked about in depth, but this it just it feels real like we even mentioned like we were watching the movie like they're actually on sets they're actually real yeah. you know i just i just like that about this one mm-hmm. i think that's really awesome yeah and one last one before i give it back to you mm-hmm. i just really like seeing han and leia back together again like i i, I love that reunion with, with both of them you know because that they're on the planet with mas Kanata after the whole imperials you know trying to destroy them and the resistance comes in and fights back we get that reunion with han and leia and it's like their chemistry is just right back to where they last left off in return of the jedi yeah but they've it's, been through some stuff they have yeah i mean it's not like you know they're they're back lovey-dovey yeah. you know like they were but i'm just saying the chemistry that they had hmm. but their banter it still works yeah like it just you feel that they've been through a lot which they have which is going to be one of my questions um and in a little bit, but I just like seeing them together and just, you know, you know, comforting each other because they've been through a lot, you know, with Kylo being turned to the dark side mm. and all that. It's just cool. It's just cool to see them back and just to see that they care for each other because before Han goes off, you know, she, she wants him to bring Ben back, you know, she, she wants him to find their son. So, mm. you know, that they care for each other and stuff. And I, I just like that. I think it's just a cool reunion to see them back. Yeah, I just love how they're just staring at each other for like yeah six seconds, and then C three interrupts, which I don't like. I don't yeah, like hate that. that. I just like I mean, oh, that's classic C three to not understand what's going on. But yeah, that's, 
Um, just, yeah, just. I also, I love the, I love the CGI stuff that you talked about. I love them. I love the melting of CGI. I think what JJ does, and I think Ryan does this well too, is that you have Pratt, you have what you can do, then you push the limits on what you can do. So mm-hmm. they have what they can do because of, you know, I mean, it's also because technology is very more advanced in 2015. Oh, yeah, it's a lot so more better than in So we fully blame it on George not being able to do things, but here they did, they did stuff that George had done, then did it a lot and did mm-hmm. it really good, and then they used CGI and just green screen and all those effects, which we can now use ILM and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and they didn't... They didn't over rely on it, but they yeah. used it in certain scenes that make it seem like when Finn is on the ground, I know that's realistic, and I see all this blow up debris, but I can actually think that that's that plane in the sky there, even though it's completely fake, mm-hmm. going right above him, and you see a shot of Poe after that. It's like, yeah, they're really that close to each other, you know, and uh, um, like the scene with Maz in her little temple, like. Maz kind of looks a little bit iffy, mm-hmm. but in certain shots, it looks kind of like she's kind of believable, even though a lot of those stuff around her is really real, and all that's puppets oh, yeah. and real people. Um, but certain shots, she still looks like she's believable. It's just that once she gets outside of her temple, I'm like, oh, that looks a little iffy with the sun and all that stuff. But I think they, I think the sequel trilogy has done, and even with the other two anthology movies has done a good job of putting them together and we don't we just did episode six and we talked about how kind of he didn't you need to polish up some of that stuff you can yeah, easily see more time some in errors yeah they took a lot of time in this so um i agree and you said han and leia agreed also really enjoy that leia has a connection to han so that when han yeah. does pass you feel it mm-hmm. again in a different way she lost han and yeah, because she, she had lost him before. Mm-hmm. It's just this is a whole nother level. That's like she lost him for good. Yeah. So, because mm-hmm. I think that might have helped her out knowing that he's at least out there, you mm-hmm. know, doing what, like this, like she mentioned, him doing what he knows what to do best. Yeah, be a smart player. Yeah. So, yeah, I would agree with all that. I only have uh, two more left, and um, kind of already talked about him a little bit, but the Han and Ben scene is a scene where I, I love how you can tell you can tell emotion by color and like wind direction in that scene. Even though I even said this. When he gives him that explosive uh detonator to Chewy, I knew some is happening to yeah, Han in this next scene coming it's up. It's a little obvious. And and it was like something's gonna happen and once he says Ben, I'm like Again, that's awesome that he named his son Ben, which is a made-up name for Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it's still cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, still a nice nod. Yeah, and uh, it's it's just... I, I, I feel it more in the end when the music starts ramping up again, but I just I kind of like how the scene is kind of showing us what's going on in Kylo's mind and his heart. Yeah. Um... Because I, I believe that he was kind of torn a little bit. He was still having that battle. But it's kind of like of a decision. Am I going to do this? Am I going to go outside this door when it's probably not going to be good for me and open this door 
or should I not and close it and listen to my dad? Like, there's that battle of, like, you're about to grab that handle and, which they had it with the handle of the lightsaber. But once you see from his shadow in the sky that he's already made up his decision. Like, there was a little bit of a battle. Yeah. But, no, he's going to open the door and he's going to kills Han right there. And it's like, oh, he kills Han, that's sad. But once the lightsaber comes out, I start feeling emotion. Yeah. And you hear, touch his face, then you have Leia. Then you, Chewie goes on a rampage, so mm-hmm. um, I think it's a good scene. In seven, there's really I, good scenes in certain ones, and I really enjoy it. So I, I guess I can mention one of. I guess since you're talking about, it, I can mention one of my a little bit negative right okay. here. I I do not hate the scene. I, I think it's a good scene between him and Kylo for what you mentioned. Yeah, like, I do like that. I do like, you know, you know Han, you know talking with Kylo, trying to get him to the light side, and that conversation, like well, you mentioned, he's getting him. And I can also good, say this leads into eight, in that his father scarred him like in the way like it, it's a scar on him that he killed his father like mm-hmm. like it doesn't Snoke say something about that in 8 like killing your father has but a scar on yeah, you or something like something, that like, I can't quite remember it has, the line it has scarred you uh, Ben Solo and yeah. you are more like undivided in the force than you were before you know something like that mm-hmm. so it does yeah. have lasting stakes to Ben and stuff yeah well, like the conversation's good and stuff, but I feel like it was a little anticlimactic because for me, once he saw Ben and once he walked on that, like like you mentioned, yeah. with, with him on the top, you know, with the charges, but everyone me, knew something bad was going to go down. Yeah, yeah, I knew he was going to die the moment he walked on there. Yeah. So I kind of knew that was going to happen, but I just, I just feel like the the death could have been handled a little bit better for me, like. I I like that it was Kylo that that killed him and stuff, mm-hmm. and you know it, it is cool like with you know the him touching the face and stuff. I just wish that we could have gotten more of a react a more proper send off like with mm-hmm. him like with having some moment with you know like Ray or mm-hmm. or Finn and even Chewie you know like like have moments of like just like saying goodbye and stuff mm-hmm. having a good heroic death because this is han solo like yeah. he is one of the most beloved characters of star wars and he just falls off the the reactor you know the tray yeah. or whatever and we don't see him again yeah like i i just i think that was a little poorly executed the way mm-hmm. that that happened like i wish it could have been done a little bit better i, I like the conversation i like for for all that you mentioned and stuff i think it's good i think it needed to happen I just wish it wasn't as predictable, and I wish we could have had more emotional time to have properly sent off Han instead of just having him fall down the reactor kind of like a punk. Like, I, w- yeah. I wish it could have been done better, but I do like a good majority of the scene. Like, I, I think it's still powerful for all that you mentioned. Yeah. I just wish it could have been handled a little bit better. That's all. Yeah, so. I can see it. But, uh... But it's still yeah. impactful. It's still, it's, it's still, it's still impactful. impactful. Yeah. And even though I know he's going to die, like, I, I like the scene before with Leia where it's like, like, Luke's a Jedi, you know. If Luke cannot change him, how can I? Luke is a Jedi. You're his father. And it's kind of like, kind of enforces that, like, you need... I mean, it happened with Anakin. He didn't have a dad. He was thrown into the Jedi Academy. You know, Luke... Luke, Luke at least had a dad. He had his uncle Owen, you know, and he had a guardian mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, so mm-hmm. he had a family that cared for him. And 
as as we know from Han's life, he there's a reason why he's not a great dad. He didn't have the greatest family growing up, which we know now because of Solo. But from what we assume, I probably could assume that Solo didn't have the greatest life because he's always been a smuggler. Probably not. So like him being not the greatest dad, I can kind of see. But just kind of Leia saying that is like he's still he's still your son. He's he he's. He's our child, but to me, that's like this movie's about Han, so that's your son. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's also my kid as well, so. And I think he may have felt responsible in a sense for that because he wasn't there the for his yeah. life, and so he's trying to be there for him now. Yeah. So, so all that is good. Yeah. And so I, I just wanted to be redone I, a little I, bit I more. So I could. I understand, like a proper emotional. good, like a proper good guy death up. is if you yeah. have scenes with other good characters that they're friends with mm-hmm. and be like. Hey man, I just want to say all of our journeys in the past have been awesome. I'm looking forward to the future, and then he dies. Then you don't get that future. So, yeah. like maybe a well, chewy talk about hey man, all those journeys or something like that. Yeah, maybe to or and, and, and would... pass the torch off to Ray. Like say something to Ray. Yeah. Like you know, passing the torch. Like say or the, fa- the Falcon's yours or yeah. something like that. Or like you're a great pilot, kid, just mm-hmm. like me. You know, it's like Poe. It wants to be more like Han because of what he just said. Like, he endeared himself to him. I can understand that, but I still still love yeah. this movie. So, oh, yeah. I mean, like, well, we'll get to our negatives I think in, that a, was, in a few maybe minutes. Maybe that was more Harrison Ford just wanting to be gone, and J.J. was like, okay, we'll do this. We'll not make it too complicated for you, because I know how you are, Harrison. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I'll just, you know, CGI me off the cliff. So... I mean, yeah, I guess. I, I just wish it was different, but maybe Harrison Ford was like, I don't want any emotion. I just want to fall the cliff well, and die. I've also heard he didn't want anyone to suspect he could have lived from that. So, like, he wanted you to know he was dead. Well, so toss him off the cliff when he falls off. Well, He's I think, gone. Well, I think you could have gotten that, too, from having that death as yeah. well. Like, like him interacting with Chewie and stuff afterwards. Yeah. So you could have seen him die, so mm-hmm. you know he's not going to come back. But yeah, I, I do see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But. And my other high? My last high of this I, movie? I, I bet I had that too. Is Luke Skywalker yeah. okay. was not around in any of the merchandising nope. or any of the trailers. Nope. And I wanted to see my favorite Star Wars character. Hey, I was right there with... I see, like, uh, like during the entire movie, I was watching. I was like, Luke? "Yeah, when is Luke gonna show up?" I thought he showed up when Ray pulled that thing out. I was like, "This is it's Luke. It's Luke's labor." It's like, "Yeah, it makes sense. It's all about Ray." But where's Luke? Then yeah, where's Luke, Luke the, the entire time? You could use Luke right now. Mm-hmm. But it's it's bold. It is bold to yeah. save that character because I think he was top build in this film, mm. or it might have been Harrison Ford. He was either at least top build or second build in this one to save him. To the very end, where you get like twenty seconds of Luke, that is risky right there. So risky that it could cause riots. But it's it's a perfect choice. Oh I love that choice. Oh, it worked. Right, thinking about it. Oh, so good, because you get Ray climbing up to the top of the mm, mountain with Luke, the music. Oh, the music. I think it's called Jedi. Is it called Jedi Steps? Oh, or is maybe. it just called the island thing? Okay, I'm well, not sure. Well, it's better than Jedi Rocks. Bro, bro, hashtag to return the Jedi. Maybe the island steps. I'm not sure. Yeah, it could be. I'm not sure. But when like, he takes off that hood and mm-hmm. I see a gray in that beard, I'm yep. like, this man has been through something worse than Obi-Wan. I mean, Obi-Wan's been through something bad. But now he feels even more shame because he mm-hmm. thought he was the chosen one that redeemed his father. And it's like, 
Nope, some the force. I mean, some happened, and the force awakened again. Happen. So it's like, in the robotic hand, his hand just came mm-hmm. off. So it's like, oh, and, and the way he looks. Oh, and Ray extends that lightsaber, and, then and he, he just hasn't looks seen this Stegelbah. No, he, he hasn't seen it since uh, um, Cloud no, City. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He hasn't seen it since he left Dagobah for Cloud City. Yes. Yeah. And, and he just looks at her, and she looks at him, and yeah. you have that wide pan shot of them just standing on that cliff. Yeah. And black. Cause uh, I, and I remember just applauding afterwards. J.J. Abrams. And just saying to my mom, who I watched it with, where's episode 8? <laughs> on episode 8 right now. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. You don't leave us like this wanting it. But it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. A brilliant cliffhanger to have us want that episode 8. Which, if episode eight had aired right afterwards, after seven, I would have stayed and watched. Mm-hmm. I was, I was into it from then on. Mm-hmm. But su- such a great way that they ended the movie. I think it's probably, it might be the best ending in any Star Wars film. It uh, might, it might be. It, uh, there's a lot of great endings. Depends but... if it's. Well, I would say almost all the ones in the originals. If you want to count, like up to episode five's ending of No I Am Your Father being like the ending of the movie, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Or the original ending of him getting the medal and destroying the destiny. Yeah, or the, the ending yeah, of the ending of four is good. Six. I was talking like final shots of the film. In reference to final shots, it might be. I mean, I have to. I would say it's either four or this one. Yeah, four. Four is just iconic. Yeah, you can't go wrong with, with that. the medals around their heads. But... but needless to say, it's one of the best endings of a Star Wars film. <laughs> the thing it's is, Mark Hamill has so many conversations about how like. He had to work out for like two to three months on getting back in shape, growing out the beard, yep. and then right, reading the script and being like, where am I? I'm in the opening crawl <laughs> sentence. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm at the end, and I'm second build? Okay. <laughs> he gets shipped to Ireland to do a scene on an island. For, you know? for a day. <laughs> okay. Guess I can live with this. How much are you paying me? Okay. Okay. It's your movie, JJ. Yeah. Oh, but what a great way to end this film. Mm. Wow. Uh, definitely a high for sure. Yeah, you can talk. That's all I had, so. Uh, I had written down, at least. Right. Uh, I thought the action was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's quite as good as, like, the original trilogy or even, like, some of the high points of the prequels, but it's consistently good. Like, yeah. it's it's done practically for the most part, and it's just fun like the best one is easily the falcon one as they're trying to get away from the tie fighters mm. like on jeku i think that's a great scene mm-hmm. you know it's fun energetic it reminds you of original trilogy star wars yeah. that's why i think the action does it just brings you back to that sense of the original trilogy yeah and i like it mm-hmm. uh, let's see what else do i have uh i also well Okay, this one's also a really good action scene. This one might be my favorite, too. But I really like the lightsaber fight in this film. I like it because it's not too choreographed. Getting away from the prequels and stuff, which are a little... Even though the choreography is great in the prequels, I like having a lightsaber fight that's not super choreographed. You know, it's just them kind of swinging their lightsabers around. It's it's a, it's a nice change of pace. Yeah. Not just that, but just the way the fight goes. Because it starts with Finn fighting Kylo. And, you know, you think, oh, is Finn the chosen one for the Force? But Kylo just takes him down easily. Well, yeah. He has, Which, I always say, and I when I watch this, like, he has the heart. Finn has the heart. He does yeah. not have the Force. 
No, he doesn't. And I appreciate, you know, it's great that he has the courage just to take that lightsaber and just crack, go at him. Defend he, his girl, man. Yeah, defend her. Even though he probably thinks, I'm probably not going to beat this Sith Lord, yeah. you know, Matt, Jedi Matt, Sith yeah. Lord Master. But he does, and he tries, and obviously he fails. And then, you know, you get Rey, who gets that lightsaber in that great scene moment that we already talked about. And just how she finishes the fight and stuff. It's a good fight. I like it. I mean, is it top five Star Wars lightsaber fights of all time? No. no. But it's it's still fun. Like, for this film, I think it fits. And I like it. You know, just a different change of pace than, mm-hmm. like, you know, the episode three, you know, super choreographed, you know, end fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Like, yeah. it's a different change of pace. I, I like it. It's it's not you know great, but it, it's a fun moment that I do I do enjoy just mm. the just how it plays out throughout you know the, yeah. the you know the film and stuff. I have an odd feeling. I have an I don't even write that down, but I have a very odd take on that lightsaber fight because well I, well, I, under- I, I don't love it. Well, I'll talk about in a second what I have an issue with it, but I, 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 in general, it's not a negative. It's not a super high positive for me, but I can understand why I cannot put it in the negatives because anytime I would think, well, it's not very good. I don't... Because I like a lot of really good... If I have two great Jedi Masters, I want to see emotion, but I also want to see give me your skill. Like, I want to see you give me your skill. I want to see your best stunts and skills you can do while also being realistic and show me the force, but show me emotion. And this one, I don't get a ton. I'll kind of rebutter you a little bit, but know that you're not wrong. I won't say that. That I don't, other than for like the scene when in the rocks where they're like bang, 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 and then she's yeah. just trying to defend him. Like, I really enjoy that stuff. But most of the time, it feels like, even though I know this is what they were going for, it's him hunting her until she awakens. And I feel like she's just running away, and we're just getting bang, bang, run, bang, bang, run, bang, bang, run, and she's running away a little bit because she's going backwards a lot in the fight, mm-hmm. afraid of him. And, uh, and I would rebuttal on as some people do, about Ray being like, how is she instantly, and this is kind of uh, my weaknesses, yeah, instantly well, that, able well, to Well, that's what I was going to tell you about, like, about the weakness. That's one of my weaknesses. <laughs> that's what's like, weird about she... the fight for me, is that yeah. I can understand why she can beat him, but, or you can just do this. I like, I like it, it's good. Maybe have, kind of, like, in four, have... I don't know how you can do it in four. It's not really in four. But, like, <laughs> there's always, like, one lightsaber fight in all of the originals. And I know this is yeah. very much like the originals. And even in eight, they do lightsaber fights different. Yeah. But have well, two lightsaber fights. Have one at the beginning where, I don't know, Finn is on, and he has to... He's on a Mos Kanata's planet, and we're seeing him take on Kylo for, like, two minutes, and he just fails again. Then he tries again in the snow planet. Or just have something, because I, I feel like we're missing a little bit of lightsaber, lightsaber choreography that in the prequels people got all, like yeah, tons of it. And did. in this, it's like, for like two minutes, not two minutes, five minutes, we get at the end before we all leave again. So, well, I, I don't well, know what to I'll, do I'll even it. argue in the original trilogy, they yeah. didn't have good choreography. Yeah, I know. Like, I think that's what it's trying to, to emulate, mm-hmm. is the original trilogy, how... It wasn't all about focusing on trying to, you know, make the best choreography to make it look mm-hmm. amazing and stuff. It's just to have it there, to just have it be kind of a all-out brawl. And yeah. I've heard some rebuttaling, too, of, like, it not being as good of, like, well, Kylo hasn't really probably not fought anybody in a while. 
as far as like mm-hmm. a lightsaber fight goes. So like that's why he could be weak and stuff. But I'll talk more about that like in one of my weaknesses. We'll get but, to it. But I think as an overall, I th- I think it's it's fine. I, I like. I, I think it's good enough. I like you know? the symbolism it represents about her and him, the 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 coloring, mm-hmm. the look of the snow and everything. Yeah, that's the great. Glows, the setting it's... and everything. It's just a couple things. I'm kind of abnormal on the fight. I'm kind of abnormal on all the fights of the sequel trilogy i don't really know what to feel about it and i even talk about that about eight even though i think one person's clearly doing better stunts and choreographed than the other is yeah doing more motion with it but and it's a different type of lightsaber fight but i'm kind of abnormal about this because man like just that darth maul do the fates i want something like that you know i want Episode 3 kind of goes over well, a bit a little bit, but Duel of the Fates is just so great. I can understand why they didn't do it here. I'm just abnormal. I, just, I don't I'm want abnormal. that in every Star Wars film. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Like, it's good to have a choreographed lightsaber fight, you know, like Episode 1 or 3. Yeah. But I also want also, like, a lightsaber fight like 6, where it's not super choreographed, you know? <laughs> and yet, granted, it does have more heart than it does in 7, for sure. Mm-hmm. But not every lightsaber fight has to be over-the-top, you know, great action it can be something simple like this yeah so uh, that'd be my that's me but i understand i'm happy for people i can never even in theaters i enjoyed it but i'm just getting abnormal about it because i feel like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of talk about that fight and some people really enjoy it some people really don't like it because it isn't choreographed and i'm just I'm, I'm, i'm kind of in the middle you know yeah but, but I like some well, things. So well, yeah, talk, we'll talk more high. about it with Abe with the lightsaber fights. But mm-hmm. I'm saying for this one, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Moving on. Yeah, moving on to negatives. Okay. Well, I guess. Here we go. Which, uh, we, we've been talking about the fight. Yeah. Uh, th- this kind of ties into it, one of my negatives. Ray's too powerful in this How movie. How is this possible? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, we don't really see her show any force powers at all throughout most of the film mm-hmm. and then when she's captured by Kylo Ren she learns some stuff from being mind evolved in whatever yeah, you want to call that I, I guess I can see a mind I, trick I, I, I can see it yeah even though she does have a staff and even though he did get hit by a bullet I know there's all these defenses and I know he's bleeding out and I know that he just killed his father and I just know that well, his, his planet's being destroyed but, but he is master of the Knights of Ren, and she is not even a beginner Padawan. She has never held a lightsaber before, and yet she can go toe-to-toe with him and almost beat him. In all that scenarios. Because yeah. in episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, Ooh. when Luke fights Vader... because Luke not ready. He's, no, he's not ready. Like He's had a little experience, but even then, his butt gets handed to him by Darth Vader. He cuts off his hand. He is defeated. Mm-hmm. Rey, she has less experience than Luke did and she almost wins. Mm-hmm. Like That's the only real issue I have with that is mm-hmm. like, how can she fight? How can she have all these powers and stuff when she's never really you know, trained? She's never really had experience in fighting with a lightsaber or doing this and that. It just, it just uh, is a little bit the out of place. Awakens. Yeah, the force awakens a little too much if he has me <laughs> and Ray. Well, but that's just my issue with Ray. It's just it's just she's a little too powerful and it's just a little too convenient for yeah. in the placement of the film. I agree. I have heard debate like when, yeah, when I, watching I it too. in the theater again and watching it here. It's like when I watch a movie like 
I can buy she can stand to tell for him for a little bit when it comes to like those really good choreographed things and I can buy she's running away because she's not as good mm-hmm. but like just that fight also when her running away it goes on for a while and I'm like what about the guy that was so dangerous he just literally was like I want you to be still boom and in the jungle she was like still and frozen Mm-hmm. She doesn't know how to defend against that. He could easily do that again. Yeah. But, of course, he's injured and all that stuff. And I know he's really injured and, you know, um, I mean, Finn did get one lick on him. But it's, it's and I know people have a problem with her in eight also being more powerful and only being trained for, what, three lessons or something? Yeah. And it's just, I... I don't want to call her a Mary Sue because I do appreciate the Ray character. I appreciate and I, yeah. I appreciate what they go with her in seven and eight. But I don't know when Drucker used to say she's a Mary Sue and like there's nothing cool about her. She's just perfect. In some cases, I, can, I agree. Yeah, with them, yeah, you know? I can see it. Yeah, like at the end of here, and we'll talk about it in mm-hmm. eight for sure. It, that that's why I'm just kind of it she just, really has no feel weaknesses. She's just stubborn, and she's going to be the best she can be. Yeah, like there's nothing wrong curve. with it. We we don't see her fail like mm-hmm. Luke did. She's just perfect all the time. Yeah, she knows everything mm-hmm. all the time, and it it just doesn't work. Yeah. At least for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. But another weakness, mm-hmm. I, I had this literally in my notes. Our C three PO and R two D two in this film, like. I, I like 3PO and R2-D2. You know, they're, they're the thread through the main episodic films. They've they've been given, you know, stuff to do, especially in the original trilogy. In this film, they're not really given a whole lot to do. They're barely in the film. Especially R2. Like, R2 is really given the trash compactor in this one. He's barely in two scenes, and that's it. I wanted more of them. Mm. I wish that they had found a better way to have incorporated them in this film than what they did. And uh, we'll talk more about it in Last Jedi because I kind of have the same issue with that as well. It, they just t- just didn't find a way to use them good in this one, and I wish that they had because they use Leia pretty well. They use Han great, you know, other mm-hmm. original trilogy characters, but they just did not use three PO and R two D two the way I wish they could have. Mm-hmm. Was, it disappoints me how they use them. Yeah, poor poor use for them. I didn't write that down. I just kind of forget about them, but. Well, exactly. You forget yeah. about them because they're barely in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. C-3PO's in it enough for me, I uh, guess. I, I mean, say. yeah. Yeah, like, like, at least, you know, he's given one moment to, you know, talk. You know, like you mentioned mm-hmm. in the beginning when Leia and Han get reunited. Yeah. But R2's really given the short strick because, you know, he, he gets unveiled. You know, they're like, oh, he hasn't awakened since Master Luke left, you mm-hmm. know. And then he gets reawakened again for no reason. And then that's really it. But we'll talk about that in a, in a, in a second or two. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just wish that they had used them better. It just disappoints me. Yep. Considering I, I like them and stuff. Yeah, I, I would say another one of my weaknesses would be... Um, we talked about it, and you talked about it as your strengths, is... Like, I wish the death of Han, for me, even though I know it's happening, is that I wish it was a little bit more under the radar. Mm-hmm. Like, you're still ambiguous if he's going to die or not. 
or if he's just not going to get out there alive. Yeah, like, like if the ten, like because the tension could have been better had they handled the scene better mm-hmm. to make you feel like that. Maybe will Han live? Will he die? Mm-hmm. Instead of just making us think, because we both thought when watching it in theaters that Han's gonna die. Oh yeah. And I think many people saw that coming too. Mm-hmm. Which, if you see that coming, that takes away from the emotional impact that it could have. Yeah. So that's why I was saying that I wish that they could have handled that scene a little bit better, mm-hmm. just to take care of that and to make his death more impactful, like I've already talked about. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that's, I have that. Um, and. I'll say it. You have it down. Yeah, I probably this do. Third person has it down. Fourth person has it down. Fifth person has a- it down. Everyone who's probably found a weakness this in is, this film I, probably one, has it. It's the biggest thing. It's circled and it talks about three different ways. This movie, episode seven, feels very familiar, doesn't it, Hunter? Yeah, it does. It, it feels like I, I saw this one already. Like, like we've already reviewed it. I, oh, I don't know why. I'll I just, tell you I why. Because, oh. This movie's premise is episode four's premise, but with a different coat of paint on it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, a like, droid like, like, has a plan. The plan gets to an old man, and that old man has to take the plan to a rebel base, and that rebel base has to blow up a big Death Star again, and they have to go fight an old Obi Wan. Uh huh. And Obi Wan dies. Yeah. Just like just how uh, Han does. does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they go through a tent that- that makes sense. And they sense. have the same, you know, type of one lightsaber fight. Because cause that Starkiller base is so different than the Death Star. <laughs> oh, my. The planet, it's bigger. It's bigger. I, I just love Han's response to that. So, so, so it's bigger. That, that's exactly what we're all thinking. <laughs> you have the guts to say it. But they still go through it anyway. I mean, yeah, that... The, <laughs> That, that that is definitely I would say my biggest complaint is that mm-hmm. it just it feels too similar to A New Hope, like they reconstructed the film in a way like they figured okay we need people to be on the side of this film and the way we're going to do it is I don't know if this was intentional or not but it's like we have to redo A New Hope because we know that was a good film and that was successful mm-hmm. so let's just redo it a little bit differently to make it seem like we're not necessarily plagiarizing even though we kind of are in a sense. Or you plagiarize like, if you copy yourself. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't handle this right now. But to do that to make people think that you know to make people reassured that they're going to like this film. Yeah. I don't know. It's, and there's some it, part of that yeah. I like. I like that it's a callback to I'm not totally hating against it because it feels like the same thing with a couple different parts and a new fresh coat of paint on it, which yeah. is what you need when you reboot. That's mm-hmm. what Jumanji, the second one, feels like. In a way, it feels like the old. It's just a little bit different with... I mean, it's literally not the best example, but some yeah. some sequels are like that. It's mm-hmm. it's the same, and we're going to start a new franchise. Just This is going to be the same. We're going to bring the old... We're going to bring your senior saints watching this movie are going to feel what they felt in 4. And to a kid in this generation is going to feel what a senior saint felt when they watched 4 for the first time. So, I I understand the callback and wanting to give a new fresh coat paint on it. And I think there's a couple mm-hmm. new things in here that still work. Especially with the idea of a stormtrooper being a following character. And Poe and um, Han Solo and all that stuff. And But, I, I would have to say that when you watch this movie and watch this trailers it really it feels 
it feels like he's playing it safe. Yeah. Which could work, and it works for the first one. Yeah, it works for this one. Yes. Like what we mentioned, them try, him trying to bring back everybody who has different viewpoints on the franchise up to that point. Yeah. But it also could be said that you didn't start your first one with anything surprising. Yeah, really. or anything creative. Yeah. You just Put a new fresh coat of paint on it, so... Yeah. You stirred a new good paint mixture on and slapped it on top of episode four and called it episode seven, The Force Awakens, which is very much like the title, A New Hope. There's a new hope. There's a new force, The Force Awakens. So it's like, it's, uh, like, it's probably the biggest negative that I half-heartedly care about. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, if this is the biggest negative, then, you know... That's that's not bad. No, yeah, I mean this considering some of the not, negatives we've talked about other films. This is movie is not a, a C D or F because it's a copy. It's great because they did the copy pretty well. The mm-hmm. problem is they could just get a few points off because yeah. JJ and Kathleen were like, we're not sure about how we feel yet because the prequels were still inksy. So let's yeah. copy four. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like the, they did Lion King and they're like, okay, we need to make this film exactly the same. Yeah. Like, they didn't do that, but they didn't quite go out of bounds to make it super creative at the same time either. Mm-hmm. They kind of rode that bounds. And I think it works for this one, like we mentioned, because you need to bring people back. And they did it, obviously. So, yeah, it, it's a complaint. It's there, but it doesn't like it detracts the film a whole lot, like yeah. you mentioned. But I have two more, okay. and then we can get to questions. Uh, that we did talk about the music, and I'm glad that John Williams is back. And there are a couple tracks, like I mentioned, like Ray's theme mm-hmm. and the island theme at the end, that are pretty decent, that I do like. But as as a general, I just feel like the music isn't quite as impactful to me, like the new music, as it is mm-hmm. like when they reprise the old themes from the previous Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it isn't quite there for me. I don't know if it's just because the music is newer or not, and we've only had this film come out for four years, but it just isn't quite... I, I don't really care for it as much as I do other the other older Star Wars music. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wish it could have been a little bit better, the music, but, I mean, it's fine. It's, it's doable, it's serviceable. There's a couple tracks I do like, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. just not quite as good as it could have been so mm-hmm. add that and one last one uh, i don't know if this will be any controversy at all but just something that you know i thought watched it i'm not really a huge fan of mas Kanata that much mm. i mean she's okay you know i it's cool what they're able to do through you know the cgi effects and mocap suit and stuff but her character is just a little too, I don't know, squirrely a little bit, you know, watching it this time. And she she just seems like she's there just to set up more questions that they will be answered in another movie. Yeah. Like with the lightsaber and stuff. A good question. For, for another, another time. time. <laughs> That's literally how you do a question for the next one that you do not want to answer. Yep. You have to answer for. <laughs> Which we will get an answer eventually. <laughs> So, I don't know, I, I just, you know, I don't really care for her that much in this one. She's in the film, not a whole lot, so it's not a huge deal. It's just, out of all the characters in there that do kind of work, that do work really well for me, this one just doesn't quite work as well for me, as much. Respectable. So, so that's all I had for negatives. Okay. Alright. 
questions, and there are a few, because this movie raises a couple. Yeah, uh, just a few. Let's let's get on this question, people. This is going to annoy Hunter, because I've been asking him this entire movie. Uh, here we go. So there's this girl in this movie who apparently mean, has mean, an interesting backstory. Cause you, mean, you mean Leia? Yeah, she has an interesting backstory no, with we her Leia's Loopy backstory. brothers. <laughs> she says it's top secret, you know. Um, you know, top secret. Oh, me too. Then uh, we want, and uh, we hear Ma say, "Who's the girl?" We have this force vision about her. Um, Kylo and uh, uh, I don't want to say Sidious. I, I wanted to say uh, Snow. <laughs> you wanted to uh, want to know why this girl's in this in the situation and bring her to me. Like she's important. Um, she looks on Han like a like a like a daughter. Um, and uh who is ray who is ray well ray is someone that we found on jakku who was a scavenger mm-hmm. and then you know she gets finds bb8 yep. and she gets on the adventure when she finds yep. you know finn and gets part of the resistance yep. and all that okay now, the next question is, we know all the stuff that this movie gives to us. Now, my question would be, if you're raising all these questions, do they not have a prominent answer? Like, where she's from, why she cares so much, why she cares so much that every day she marks the time that her parents left her? Like, but, that's a child that really cares about who her parents are. Shouldn't I, Hunter? But, but you're defining a character based on their lineage. Yeah. Which we shouldn't... That should not be but our this main... this question asks, who is she from? Who is she from? She says she's top secret. I know I'm being annoying, but yes, this is what people yeah, ask. It, yeah, yes, you are. <laughs> and, and everybody wants to know who Ray's parentage is yeah. and stuff. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I was going to save it for Last Jedi, but if you're going to bring it up now... I just want to know if you, <laughs> if you like I, this talk. You see, the thing is, is that I, I... For those of you who don't know, I'm one of the few people who have wanted Rey to not be connected to anybody. To be her That's own character. To stand out. Because... Kanan Jarrus, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ezra Miller, Ezra Bridger. They're all their own characters. They have no family history with the Force. Just like Rightwood. Good to know. So, so my issue with was, I mean, it's both a blessing and a curse to Star Wars <laughs> is that everyone's connected to everybody, which I mean can be good, you know, <laughs> in a sense, but it can also be lazy, as we saw with Return of the Jedi, how Luke and Leia were connected, how that was lazily done and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, it just feels like the universe would be smaller because I know everyone that had their theories, you know, when. When, you know, this film came out and before Last Jedi, who mm-hmm. raised parentages were like, oh, she's Leia and Han's daughter, or she's Luke's daughter, she's, she's Obi-Wan's granddaughter. granddaughter. Okay, that is just dumb. <laughs> I, I'm just going to flat out say that's dumb. Sadie's is coming back, though. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> please, please, no. I'm just if, saying, I just... J.J., created a movie which asks a ton of questions. Yeah, and I understand that is so one of the I just questions. I don't want to be... I don't want to have people mad. I don't want to... I don't want to have opposing forces think I'm stupid and the much of fandom that agree with me for being too much of a fanboy creating theories and being too much of a hardcore. Like, the reason why 
I did, and some people do, which are outlandish, that she's like Plagueis is someone, or she's yeah, Sidious. That, like, I'm not that far. I'm reasonable, and I still want to have a very creative story. And I also like the idea that she's related to nobody. But if you create questions, I'm going to want to create an answer in my head and want to make it work for me. So, that's well, just a problem when I have an eight, but it's just like, in this movie, I ask questions, and I create theories, because I'm a fanboy, and well, everyone I don't want to pull does. sides, like, saying I'm too much of a fanboy for doing this. Like, why is she going to just be nobody? I mean, she can, but, so, I Which, mean, that, that's a touchy something. Yeah, it, it is, and I understand that, but the thing with theories is that someone is going to be disappointed. <laughs> Like, no matter how many, how much you try to please the fans, you're always going to have someone that's yeah. going to be disappointed. It's episode 7. Which, yes. And I, I understand, you know, have setting up all these questions, which that's what this film does. Like, who's Ray's Paradise? Who's Snow? Why Luke on Who, Island? How did Kylo turn bad? Why did uh, Leia and Han split up? Um, the, who are the Knights of Rem? Which yep. is one of my questions, which I want answered in 9. Mm-hmm. Just saying, which we are going to get answered. So that's just the issue with setting up all these questions. It's just that you may get the answer you want, but you also may not get the answer you want. And so that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. We'll, we'll talk more about this in eight, because I feel like that's more applicable oh, with, yeah. with, with, with that discussion than here right now. Yeah. But, but as far as what the movie sets up, yes, you are right. They do set up the idea about race parentage. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know who race parents are mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yes, you know, you, you can argue that, yes, you think there's someone important. And yet, which I understand why people are upset yeah. about what happened in 8, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about that more in 8. But I also want to understand as well that... My standpoint, why I view my theory on on Ray, why I wanted Ray to be a nobody as far as her lineage is concerned. I'm not saying that she's not important. You know, it's just to create her own person outside of just the fact that she's connected to someone in the greater Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Like, can't someone be a great character to stand out on their own that's not Anakin's granddaughter or not? Leia's daughter or mm-hmm. someone like that you know that's yeah. that, that's just all what I was saying because yeah. you know you can argue that if you do that too much it's not only is it a trope but it makes the universe that is set in smaller yeah so you know I, w- I would say that we're going to get this on 8 but uh, yeah we'll get more into this in 8 like I mentioned it will be I would like an answer but if I don't get that A answer and if that eight answer can find a way to make sense in nine as well, like it's okay because I'm okay with it. But then I have a B answer, which is she's a nobody, which is what they have in eight. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Spoiler but, alert. And I also know that yours is she's a nobody, but you do have a B answer, which is. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about that when so, we get to Last like, Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. I want to move on and I want to ask this Where was the Republic? Like, what's the relationship between the Republic and the Resistance and the First Order? Well, how did this all happen? Well, that's kind of how I was wondering, because there, there's a scene where, the, to show the power of the Starkiller base, it mm-hmm. blows up a planet of people. Yep. Like, is that, you know, the Republic? 
Or is yeah. that the resistance? Or is that like an old part of the rebellion? We're not really given the answer. Nor are we really given an answer to anything as to like, well, how did, you know, the First Order rise out of the ashes of the yeah. Empire? Like, we're told that, and we're told we're given a new republic, but we don't really get any answers as that. We're just meant to go along, okay, this is this new Empire-esque faction, or this mm -hmm. is this new, you know, rebellion action. We're not really given a whole lot of explanation and stuff. The question, the answer is we don't have an answer. Yeah. And this movie stays And, and you're stupid for short. asking that question. <laughs> yeah. But it just kind of doesn't give us an answer and like I'm fine with the movie. The movie's a good movie but the problem is like I just want to know like how like this sets up a ton of things but that yeah. you could have at least answered how the resistance is formed to resist the first order but how is the republic not strong enough yet to have a shield or like have an army to like to defend itself or because they that's what they blew up they blew up a I forget what the republic was actually called the prime systems which were the capital planets mm -hmm. of when the it was on and you actually saw the uh chancellor in that shot get it got destroyed as well. Yeah, that's not what I was referring yeah. to. Yeah. So, like, it just happens so quick and we move right past it. It's mm -hmm. Maybe another weakness. Or, but or, or like, how did the Republic get so bad that a First Order had to arise? Like, you think in 30 years they would have been able to have solidified a new form of government and stuff mm -hmm. post, you know, Empire, but... Yeah. Yeah, we're not really given a whole lot of answer for that. Um, okay, got a point. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll do this one, then, because uh, right. I don't know if you noticed this, then I'll let you ask some. And I don't think you noticed this when I was mentioning, I had a question here. When Han dies, Finn is injured. So Finn gets take, put, in, put on, like, a medical station, and they're like, he's alive, and they go running. Mm -hmm. Do you know what happens to Chewie? Uh, I... I guess he goes to get the Falcon. He walks off the scene. And who also was present in that scene? Ray. Ray and, and Leia. Oh, oh, oh you're, you're talking about back when they're yes, in the... she got back. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like on Starkiller Base. Okay, no, My bad. Sorry. My bad. Okay. Yeah, they come back. Finn's there. He's injured. They put him on the table. He leaves. Chewie just walks off. And J.J. has admitted this is a mistake. He has. Like, I, I know he has, because there's he made a mistake here. Um, he would go back and change it, and he had he, he actually, in uh, uh, Ryan's version of 8, he changed this as well by being after something happens in 8. Immediately what Leia does is hug Chewie and say, I'm thankful to see you, Chewie. Because mm. she does not hug Chewie. But I bet she hugs Ray, Who she does not know. Like, do we remember that Leia has no connection to Ray this entire movie so far? Mm -hmm. She doesn't know who she is. It's the girl that they were going to pick up. It's the friend he was talking about. But she has no connection to Ray. Like, to Ray. like she has never met the girl. I mean, the, the only possible way that I feel like people could explain it or try to explain it is to comfort her because of Han's death. 
Because you mentioned she knows that Han died, you know, through the Force connection. Yeah. I mean, that that's the only way I... I mean, I see what you mean. And, and yes, I do. the next scene is Chewie depressed. Like, I'm like... I mean, he's actually admitted this is a mistake. He should have let Chewie hug, Le- uh, Chewie hug Leia and go up so that you could get that validation of Chewie and Leia hugging and being like, yeah. Han is gone. We never got that. And he admitted that as a mistake. So it's just a question, like, I always, like... Why didn't that happen? Like, it just, it was a mistake, but I was like, I feel like I would, my thing is like, if I'm going to kill Han, and I still have Leia and Chewie alive, I need to have them reconcile with each other. And he just kind of, it slipped behind JJ's mind. And I forgive him, but Mm -hmm. it's just something I always like, hug Chewie, hug Chewie, you do not know who that is, you know? Hey, I'm just saying, Chewie didn't get a medal in episode four. Yeah. Now he doesn't get the hug. That's Chewie has been getting dipped for just 40 a years. Bit, you know, Wookiee racist. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Episode nine, I feel like we're going to get it all come conclusion. She's going to give him a hug. You can go on. That's, that's going to be, you know, a good end to that saga. But, uh, okay, so, so I remember when this film came out that there was theories that we saw the first gay couple, or the steeds of the first gay couple in this film. talk about this. I, 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 I couldn't help but I, I, I thought about it. Yeah, it just came to head. Let's talk about it. Because, because when I read that, I thought, like you, that that was absolutely ridiculous. No. Absolutely ridiculous that there could be a gay couple in this. We've never Star Wars had universe. any type of. I mean, we've had relationships in Star Wars, of course. Because I know we've talked about this in Rogue One. We talked about, about Solo when it comes to certain things. But yeah. yeah. And they claim that it was Poe and Finn. Yeah. And I watched this film, you know, I've watched it many times, and, you know, I even watched it with this thinking about remember, remembering that article and stuff. And personally, for me, I don't see it. I don't see how you could possibly make that because if anything i could see finn and ray as something oh yeah so I, I don't know i may not have seen something i didn't say anything do you think that there is any evidence at all to make that claim possible there's a claim also that they're secretly like both like maybe bisexual which means they both have a thing for each other but <laughs> you can also be with the opposite <laughs> sex as well yeah so that like you know he can be with rose and poe can end up being with ray so like it's both possible and you can still both be together okay i will be as un- i will be as fair as i can be there is i think one time where I think they have more than just a they're, they're, it's a bromance with each other. One time. But the rest of the time for me it's really you don't see that much scenes with them together. Yeah. Until like the beginning and then at the end. But um, there's one time where it feels like a bromance and it could say that they have a, I don't know, like, the problem is I'm not willing to go that far because there's not enough evidence to make such a wild claim. Like, there is a maybe, okay, when he comes off his plane after the battle at, uh, um, 
Maz Kanata's temple or mm-hmm. whatever, and Finn and BB-8 go running to him. Yeah. There's a shot of, like, of what Poe looks like when he sees, he's like, buddy, buddy, and he runs to him. There's, a sh- like, a, a shot where I'm like, okay, you're running pretty fast, and you're really intensely hugging, and it's like, I know you're, like, good friends, but you hardly ever know each other. Yeah. It's a little bit, like, very quick, like, they have a very deep connection, um... But I could also excuse that deep connection because who's the person that named him Finn? It's Poe. Yeah. That's not because of love. It's because he wanted to be a cool guy and be like, I can't say F one two one eight seven. I only can say Finn. How about Finn? I so mean, like, I do appreciate that they are they have a bromance. They're cool. They're brothers together. Yeah. But also Poe's the one that named him, and he was the first ever human connection he had. So I do appreciate that as being yeah. their first touch. I just don't feel like if you go sexual touch, it's more ludicrous than the uh, yeah, robot I, being with Lando. Yeah, I just don't think it's there. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, like, there's just something wrong in this day and age where you can't have close male friends without people thinking that, oh, they're gay or they're secretly gay, you know? Yeah. It's just like in Rogue One with, you know, the blind guy and his friend. Like, you know, they made many accusations that they were gay, but mm-hmm. I also see it there. They're just close friends. And I think it's true with Poe and Finn. I mean, you know, you I mean you can twist anything you want to, but I just don't think there's anything more than just them being close friends. And, and I would I say that that's... Jonathan and David have a more chance of being gay over Poe and Finn. <laughs> yeah. Because there's more yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about the Bible Sam characters. Yeah. It's not Star Wars. Just... Yeah. In case if people are wondering, David in Star Wars, I don't know what they're talking about here. Hey, David. <laughs> hey, David. This is live for episode nine? And we know that's definitely not true, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just something I remember and reading. Eight kind of nullifies any, any Oh, any eight weird. definitely nullifies that. Yeah. Whether you want it to or not, yeah. it, it does. Or whether you like the way they do it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just something I remembered reading around the time this film came out. Yep. So ridiculous. <laughs> Two questions about Ray that um, that I just thought of when watching this film. Yep. How can Ray use a lifesaver if she has no training? I mean, we already talked about that a little bit, but how? How she know how to turn it on? Yeah, how she know how to turn it on? <laughs> she, 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 all she did was hold it in her hands, and she could not only turn it on but use it and almost beat Kylo Ren. Oh uh, yeah, we've talked. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we talked how about so it. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah, but also one like when she's using the Falcon, like. How can she, like, fly the Falcon so well in Jakku? Like, she... This is the first time she's ever been That's that. This is why I say this. Was he supposed to make it seem like it's genes? Like, it's because you have a relationship with Han that you love this Falcon so much? Because I get that feeling that she's, like... She's the daughter of Han Solo. That's why she loves this thing, and she's easy. Like, maybe she's driving it maybe once because she knows it's garbage and it's a terrible thing. Yeah. But... But but she's, she, like, but she she's using the flips and yeah. all that different stuff with it. Like I can understand her like fixing the Falcon because mm-hmm. like she's a scavenger, so I'm sure she oh, would yeah. know like how parts. Work. I don't funny. have an issue with that. Just her flying and being able to maneuver it and all that. Like she's yeah. flown it a thousand times. Like I just I just Why don't see how she, she could do it. Yeah, like she's never laughed Jakku. Like how yeah. can she be this great pilot? You know, mm-hmm. like how do you know all these systems? Because uh, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm Ray. Yeah. 
So, yeah, yeah that's That's why I, it's just J.J. kind of makes it seem that there's a connection to somebody. That's all I'm going to say, because that's all I have to excuse why she's so good at everything. There has to be a connection to somebody. You can't be that good at everything without being related to Anakin Skywalker, the chosen awesome guy, you know? But you're forgetting, Zach, she's Rey. She can do anything. I don't think it's actually full feminism in that well, way. Well, it's... Well, I mean, it's, it's there if you want it to be Mary there. Sue-ish. But, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's there if you want it to be there, but... Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, I want to know who the Knights of Ren are. That's yeah. the question I had. Like I said, hope episode 9 answers that. But here's something that I thought of, like, with Lei and Han, like, being together. Like, like we know that they've been estranged. We know that they've been apart mm-hmm. and stuff. Do you think they may have been divorced? Like, that's just something that I thought of, like, because, like, maybe they were married and maybe they were divorced and stuff. Like, I don't know, like, it's weird thinking about, like, marriage in the Star Wars universe yeah. and stuff. Like, you don't really think about that too much. only but, person we know being married is Anakin and Padme in secret. Yeah. Which is why I brought that up, because marriage does technically exist in the Star Wars universe with Anakin and Padme. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's my thinking, like, you know, did Ben turning to the dark side, like, ruin, like, were they married, and could that have ruined their marriage to the point where they got divorced and they went their own way, you know, Leia focused on her generaling and Han focused on smuggling and stuff. Like, do you think that could be a possibility? Like, that's just something I thought of, you know. Because, like, when I first watched it, I just thought, oh, they were estranged, you know. Like, they, they had been and stuff, but then they got estranged. But do you think it could have been more than that? Like, that could have ruined a marriage and stuff. More than just, like, their relationship, per se. But, like, their actual, like, marriage and having them fall apart and stuff. Both. That 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 That's an answer that I would give. Because <laughs> I don't think they're married. I think they just were... A relationship that was awesome in the original then grew awesome and had a kid and uh, the kid had force powers um, sent him out to Luke you know Snoke kind of seduced him a little bit and some happened and he turned dark and they couldn't handle it and they split now if it was a divorce that would be interesting because then that's kind of like or if the divorce could have been part of the whole unfolding to go to the dark side because my parents are breaking up. Mm. But That could be. That's um, an interesting idea. I hadn't thought of that. That's very grounded in our reality about how kids hate when their parents get divorced and having to go to separate houses. Mm-hmm. But Like they could have had problems already and then yeah, that, that could have accelerated. That helped him get a new mentor being Snoke and that helped him leave Luke and you know all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. I just don't buy it. I don't buy our culture saying that they got married because a lot of our culture do not believe in marriage. They believe in hookups. Yeah. So, and I don't think Disney at all was saying they got married because if she got married, why then do you still have Ogana as a last name? I I know Padme still had her last name, but that was in secret. Well, that's why I thought back to the divorce theory because, like, some Mm -hmm. women, like, you know, revert back to their maiden name, like, when they get divorced. Like, that isn't, I mean... I guess, you know, just, you know, thinking through, like, what you said, like, I think you could maybe see both, you yeah. know, like, 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 you can see, you know, like, if you want them to be divorced, they can be divorced, but they could well, also have Episode just... 8 never mentions anything about a divorce, so I would assume well, no divorce. maybe if Han had lived, maybe we yeah. would have explored that, but he didn't. Hey, and there's rumors he's coming back for 9. 
He, he could, so like many rumors of so. people coming back. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, I don't know. It's just something I thought of for the first time for this. So I was yeah. kind of curious. And going along the lines of how can Ray use a lightsaber when she has no training? How can Kylo almost lose to someone with no force training? <laughs> he was shot pretty bad. Um, look. Just because someone can be shot doesn't mean that they're going to lose to someone who's never held a lightsaber before it's, in their I'm lives. Just, I'm trying to use I, I other people. I, I know other people. He just killed his father. His his plan is falling apart. His his uh, his supreme leader was doubting him. He got shot by a really really powerful gun. Finn got one lick on him, but that wasn't that much. Snowing outside. <laughs> yeah, the, the snow had to deal with it. If it didn't snow, he could have done a lot his better. Hair was in his eyes. Oh yeah, de- definitely the hair. I mean, I mean, it's, I, I, I can relate. It's as simple as why I feel abnormal about that lightsaber fight. I don't know how to feel about it because of those two questions. How is she so good, and how does he lose? Because technically, she should not win, and he should not lose. He should win, even with that injury, even with the Force Awakens. But mm-hmm. I understand she's our hero. She needs to win. But how does she win over him? Not out of force, which is part of it, but also because of skill. I'm like, there shouldn't be no skill. Mm-hmm. And how are you losing? You're Kylo Ren. I like you this entire movie, but you're being... You were a Darth Tepper tantrum, and now you're just a baby. You're, you can't fight at all. So, I, mean, I, and I know there are theories. You yeah, know, if he wasn't fully trained, are, you know, bring yeah. him back. I'll finish uh, his I've, training. I've heard those theories, too, yeah. yeah. But, again, the movie still asks this question, and I don't know. I thought maybe you knew, but yeah. I, I guess you can, you know, like with many things in Star Wars, you can create theory, and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it worked, maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But my last one that just is ridiculous is, like, how is it that R2 this entire time oh. has the map yeah, that's one line. for Luke, for, you know, to find Luke, because, you know, the the whole, the whole thing that they were, you know, uh, the MacGuffin of the film was the last piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Which they're trying to figure out, like, oh, this is the last piece of the puzzle. Like, you know, this is incomplete. So, like, how do we find the rest of the map? Aren't they lucky he woke yeah, up? Yeah, aren't they lucky R2 woke up for no reason, first of, that first of all. exploded, and it didn't matter, because then you find out that they had the plans for Luke, except all they needed was the... All they need is BB-8, so... Uh, yeah, and... Aren't they lucky? Yeah, aren't they so lucky that R2 woke up? Imagine had the plans. They didn't think to check R2 at all while he was sitting there asleep. He's powered down. He's powered down. They, they couldn't have powered him up or whatever, and he just had the plans. I don't know. It just seems lazy to me. There's a couple things which could object to, like, what did Luke especially do in that, in that vision scene that we see, or... What did Luke do in 8 when we see the burning of the temple with his hand on him? Did he just forcibly force using the stopped R2 from ever sharing the plans with anybody until the proper time? But then how does he wake back up if he did that? Like, especially when... I'm trying not to put too much of 8's knowledge into it, but with him being disconnected to the force and all. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I just... Exactly. I don't know. And, uh... Is it supposed to be once? Like, even though the big thing explodes doesn't mean we've won the day. It only means we've won the day. We didn't win the battle. Right. You won a battle, not the war. That's what I'm trying to say. So, like, he woke up because we won a battle? 
we got the thing exploded? Like, is that the... I mean, I know the sense. The sense is the Force is awakened. We need him to come out. The Force is awakened. The Force awakens R2. How lucky is that? Now, that's just that so, so simple. So lucky. I don't have... I Yeah. Like, I, I, I just don't understand. Yeah. That, that's, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But if it, get, if it gets us to Luke, whatever. But, yeah, it just seemed a little convenient to me at the end. That's all the questions I had okay. for Force Awakens. Man, we have one more to answer. Oh no, we have not mentioned. Oh this wait, person. wait a second. I, we have I, not mentioned this person. Okay, you can answer your. You can ask your question, but I have one more to ask. I forgot. Okay. I forgot this one. Okay, yeah, go go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you care about Phasma? Well, I said this as we were. Is it a weakness or is it a question? Why is she played by Gwyneth? Um, when it uh, she's from Game of Thrones, she's like a six seven blonde lady. Yeah, that's like huge. Yeah, I forget what her name. Why is. Why are you playing by one of those famous British actresses? Mm-hmm. And this is just like a worse version of Boba Fett. Well, that's exactly what I said. Like we were watching this when I saw Phasma <laughs> for the first time. Oh yeah, she's the Boba Fett and Darth Maul of mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy. I mean, personally, I don't think she's as cool as Boba Fett or Darth Maul. No, she's not. Yeah, and, I mean, we'll talk more about her and 8, how they deal with her there. I mean, the suit's cool and stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, could we have learned more about her? Sure. But I don't think, like, we need to get upset that we did not learn more about Phasma or we didn't get so much Phasma. I just, just think she's a cool so character. It's so convenient how they, got the, how they got the shields down, and she's such a good, cool character. They completely waste the marketing which they used for her. Yeah, like, I don't think they should have marketed her that much. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think she's that interesting. Like, like I said, she looks cool, but there's just nothing about her that I think is super cool outside of how she looks. Yeah. Like, there's nothing about me like Maul or Boba Fett that makes me want to learn more about them mm-hmm. or see her again. Like, when, you know, try not to spoil Bud 8, but when she shows up in 8, I remember I'm just like, oh, yeah, Phasma. Oh, Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I feel, too. Like, you know, she shows up at the beginning. Then at the end, it's just what? like, oh, yeah, you again. No, that's okay. what, hey, it raises more questions for me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Like That's true. And again, then why bring her back if you're going to end her the way you did in A anyway? So, yeah, that's, it's, that's true. You know, it's just this thing. It's maybe another weakness. or Yeah, or just... I mean, it can be a weakness, I guess. I, I forgot to mention that, but yeah, that's true. You know, they don't I, really I'll just ask this question. It. This is a little fun one, but out of your opinion, how would you change Seven for your uh, trilogy? How Would, would you I... make it like this? Or, in my idea, if I was going to do Seven... I I understand why they wanted to make it this way, but I would created a I would have created a story with these characters Poe, Finn, and all that stuff, where it's a story where um, we get this girl who's on a desert planet, and she is awakening. Her force abilities are awakening. We are learning about her, just how this movie puts it. And then there's this BB-8 droid and everything, and then we see that there's this message and there's these it's going to feel very kind of weird but this this droid um has a message to Luke Skywalker and what happened is that there's this stormtrooper that is defecting who defected because of what happened to a thing he saw he defected 
yeah. gave the plans to the droid who left and found the girl. You have Han and Leia, and they're trying to find Luke Skywalker. And I would kind of have, you know, still, you know, Kylo Ren in the background doing his things. Where you would have Poe be a pilot and everything, but he wouldn't be super important. He'd be just like Han in Episode Four. He's yeah. there and he helps out at the end, but he's not the Imperial role. We're focused on Luke and Leia, like how we are Ray and uh, Finn. And then we would have the movie, but Luke would come back and we could have a scene where she, we get the plans to find Luke and we have to destroy the Death Star, uh, the Death Star, this version of the Death Star. It's and, a Death Star. That's and we can have Han meet Luke and Luke and Leia together. Mm-hmm. And then we can have Han die. Luke have his sequel about, you know, his upsetness and his past with Kylo. Then have Leia have her third movie. And we can have our originals in episode seven. And because, spoiler, our original characters never meet in Star Wars. No. Nope. In, in the sequel trilogy. They never get to hang out, as far as we know. Well, see there's them. episode nine. Yeah. But they, they probably won't. Yeah, you're right. And and that's just my one thing about like them killing Han, because we never get that reunion mm-hmm. again. So I would have liked to, if I were to change it to, first of all, just to have, you know, the, the mission kind of, you know, like the resolution of the mission makes sense of mm-hmm. like the map and stuff. That's definitely something I would change. Maybe be a little bit more creative, not have the huge Death Star at the end. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, have her show her Force powers early instead of just having them show up at the end of the film. I think that that's too convenient for them to do that. I think also, like, having, um, you know, Luke be more prominent in the film. Although I do like what they did, and I've, I very yeah. much appreciate them for being ballsy and making that decision, you know. I, I just um, also, at the same time, like, they could, it could have been cool to have had him in a couple more scenes. Just yep. the fanboy and me wanting more Luke and stuff. Yep. So, there's a few changes that I would definitely change. I don't know. I have to think more about that in order to say for certain where I would change it. But, of course, it leads me to my final question, which I thought of, which is interesting. Because, originally, when they were conceiving um, this episode, was they were going to conceive the man, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, uh, talk to the man who started this originally, George Lucas. Because mm-hmm. George Lucas had an outline of how episodes 7 through 9 would go if he had the chance to do it, which he never did. Uh, spoiler alert if you didn't know that. So when they were pitching, you know, coming up with the idea for 7, George Lucas, you know, gave them their plans. You know, that was part of the deal with yeah. Disney. That, you know, that he was going to give them, you know, his outline, Mm -hmm. but they didn't use their outline. They read it, and they're like, no, George, we're going to do our own thing, basically, and that was the end of that. Is that the Bob Liger thing that I heard about? Yeah, well... Just how they kind of pushed off George. Yeah, that's an article that just came out recently, but it's something that I think many people knew even at the time that it made and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like George Lucas, he was basically fired from from Star Wars, in a sense. So my question was he still owned the company and got paid three point one billion dollars for it. Well, yeah, I mean he still has the math, uh, the the money bath that he does, you know, every <laughs> night for that. Mm-hmm. But how do you think the movie could have been had they chosen to have followed George Lucas? Do you think it would have been different had they decided to have followed his notes of mm-hmm. of what he thought Episode Seven through Nine could be? Yeah, I think it's definitely kind of like some of the 
uncanon books now, which are legend. Luke has Luke has a son. Han and Leia have a son, or something like that. And he Luke gets married to uh, a Mary Sue. <laughs> That's where kind of where you get that from, and mm-hmm. a very powerful female lady. And she hooks up with Luke. They have a son and all that stuff. Someone turns dark, and you have a like sequel trilogy again. Um, and whatever else you wanted to put in it. And well, the question is, do you, uh, another question, do you think, like, it, that could have been better, that version, if they follow Lucas's vision than what they came up with in this film? I think this movie is needed for 2015 to restart your franchise. Like, I don't feel like if you start off with George Lucas's idea, it would have got the whole $2 billion Star Wars becoming... I think... If that would have made Star Wars a sect like Star Trek is of mm. George Lucas followers, originals, prequels, and sequels, even though it's done by Disney doing his outline a little bit, but maybe a little bit differently, but making it feel like it's trying to be a cult scientific fanboy club that has these movies every three years. Yeah. When this movie, for what it is, makes it mainstream and gets every generation in that seat. So now every generation knows the name Luke Skywalker and knows the story of the originals, prequels, and this. So, mm-hmm. um, I kind of don't like that they disrespected George, even though it kind of doesn't deserve to get ton of res- like a ton of like, hey, give me my money because his prequels were not major successes. So, but I kind of don't appreciate Bob Iger doing that. Because it kind of shows that he didn't really have a love for the characters themselves as much as he wanted properties. Yeah. Um, over other, you know, over other companies wanting the properties. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I have problem with, like, certain things that Kathleen does and allowing that are social justice warriors and bringing our world to reality. You know, yeah. Like, that's not True. what George is going for. So I don't know what you want to do, but... You want to stay to the themes of George and the themes of the original A New Hope and Empire and everything and be make a good story, good characters, good tension, good music. Mm-hmm. But it's supposed to be in a galaxy far, far away. So, you know, you you can have his input and him sign on and him say he watched it and he's approved and you'll get those cult people that love him watching the movie. But also, there also are tons of other directors that can direct a good Star Wars movie, yeah. too, like J.J. did in this one. So I think they should have at least had him on as a producer. Mm. You know, I think that would have made people that still believed in George been like, you know, hey, he has his seal of approval on this even more because he had involvement with the film. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, he didn't direct it, you know, but he at least had some involvement into it, which I think it could have changed the film. I don't know how it could have changed the film because I I don't, I don't remember exactly what the outline was. I know it's going to be very similar to, like, you know, the previous two trilogies and stuff, focusing on the Skywalkers and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, probably focusing on, you know, Luke's son or whatever, yep. you know. But we, I don't know, and we don't really know what for certain what it could have been. Yep. But I, I think it could have been different. The question is, I don't know if it would have made the movie better than what it already ended up being and stuff. It's interesting. Interesting to think about. Yeah. Do you have a grade? Uh, I do have a grade. Okay, go ahead. All right. Well, you know, we, we've talked about uh, a few negatives here and there, and we did have some questions about some things, mm-hmm. but 
one thing that I just cannot get out of my mind thinking about this film is just the build-up that I had my senior year of high school, even junior year, when I first saw the teaser trailer, yeah. leading up to Force Awakens, the excitement, the Star Wars fandom burning alive in me. Because it had been dormant for a few years, you know, between you know Revenge of the Sith and Force Awakens. Once I, you know, heard Disney was being Bob bought Lucasfilm and once they're promoting Force Awakens and stuff, yeah. that made me excited for Star Wars. I rewatched all the films in anticipation for Force Awakens and it was just a great theater experience. Not quite sure if it's my favorite one because Zach, you did remind me about Infinity War and that was a great theater experience yeah. like last year. So I'm not quite sure if, if it is, but it is one of my favorite movie watching experiences. Hmm. And watching it this time, you know, because I've seen this film a lot, I just can't help but just love this film. For what this film had to do, because it had to please everybody, not just prequel lovers, original trilogy lovers, but people that are in the middle. And I think it did a great job with that. It gave us some cool new characters with, with you know, Finn and Poe and Ray that I feel like, you know, that we could explore more, you know, not putting Last Jedi knowledge into it, but just giving us new characters for a new generation, but also giving us old new character old characters coming back with Harrison Ford as Han Solo and just having the fun vibe of the original trilogy which I like with the action and just with you know the easter eggs and nods to you know other films in the original trilogy that I feel like worked for this film as being a first film to start Star Wars back up again after ending after Revenge of the Sith and it, it's, it's just fun to see the old characters come back and also seeing, you know, like a cool character with Kylo Ren hmm. and just just seeing, you know, the film kind of play out like even though, yeah, it does play out similar to A New Hope. I like the, the vibe of New Hope that it gives off mm -hmm. at the same time and it keeps me invested through most of the film. It's what I call a fun ride. This is definitely a prime example mm -hmm. of a fun ride. It's the film that we needed in 2015 and I just can't help but like it you know because even though I did have a few negatives and there were some questions here and there I feel like for the most part this is a really great film it's it's the one that I wanted back in 2015 and it's still the one that I am very happy that we got today and I still have today and that we're still talking about and mm -hmm. stuff so yeah I really like Force Awakens uh Thinking about my grade for it, I gotta say, overall, just, just taking everything, what we've talked about, into consideration, I get an A-. minus, And I, I just, I don't think it's quite as good as, as the, you know, obviously New Hope and Empire, but I just still love the, the vibe it gives, the, the funness, the, the Star Wars is back attitude, you know, be mm -hmm. excited. I just really like that about this film. And I know we still have Last Jedi to talk about, and we'll talk about Rise of Skywalker, but yep. out of the uh, sequel trilogy films that we've talked about so far, this one's my favorite. I still like it. Makes me feel like I'm back senior year of high school all over again. Mm. And it's it's just fun. It is a very fun film. One of my favorite Star Wars films. And I give it a strong recommend. I'd say definitely check this one out especially check it out before rise of skywalker please mm. watch this one and last night before rise of skywalker you'll be confused but i do enjoy this film 
A minus. Strong recommend. I say definitely check it out. It's it's worth your time. Yeah. Oh man, this movie is like what it means to like be a fan of like decades and heart and what can I say that we haven't already said it's just a movie that I remember as a uh, junior in high school um, I remember certain theater experiences with it um, I I remember the location. I lo I remember how I felt at the end, and I just, even after eight, and even after Rogue One and Solo, like, and even out may maybe to put it in out of Star Wars, no one, no other Star Wars maybe movie makes me feel the way this one does, which is like, put in the next one right now. Mm -hmm. The other ones are all great, but like none of them end with maybe five ends with put in six right now, but it doesn't yeah. really. It just ends, but this one ends and it's like you want to see the next installment the next day and mm -hmm. um it's just oh my word it's just there are issues but no movie's perfect um it's not an a plus it's not episode four it's not episode five it's um i don't think this movie's as good as episode six for me um because even though I would like it to be, and maybe I could put it up there, I just, I feel like it stays too close to four to have to put it up there. It's like, well, it's as good as six. Really? It's a copy of four. So, is it really, can I really legally put it up to the Golden Arc standard? Because it copies four so much. At least six does copy four quite a bit, but it's a different story. Um... But this, it pretty much is four. So, um, for me, episode six is better mm, um, as okay. well because okay. it has um, has just maybe a better conclusion and just um, has some weird wacky things like we've gone over. But doesn't as doesn't give me so many questions and. Episode 7 in the sequel trilogy started some problems with fans, so, um, and 6 ended it, so, um, but this movie for me is not Rogue One level, so, um, this movie is an A minus, but it's not an A minus as to what episode, uh, 6 is. Episode 6 was a 93, this is a 91. I could have given it a B plus, but I chose to give it an A minus because I think. This is an A movie, but it's an A minus movie mm -hmm. because I have to give it points off to be harsh now on that it is really just a different paint on episode four with different characters a little yeah. bit. But there are some amazing scenes and it's the first ever Star Wars movie I've ever seen in theaters. So I will never forget it. And I think this is the, this is the thing that brings Star Wars back to mainstream 21st century for me and being like, I watch this and be like, okay, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm going to watch Rebels. I'm going to watch Mandalorian. I'm going to watch all of this because this brings it kind of back in a good way, even though it does have a lot of Force stuff in it. And uh, just I, I see my one of my most famous like famous sci-fi characters, Luke Skywalker, in their end, and it's just 
Oh my word, it's mm -hmm. so much of his life has been like tethered to why I, I seek like hope and I see I see redeeming his father and all that stuff. Then seeing that he made mis he made that mistake or something's happened and he's on an island, he just wants to be alone, as far as we know. So mm -hmm. um oh, man, it's A minus, same as you. Yeah. Uh, ninety one, mm -hmm. episode seven. The Force Awakens is is yeah. It's a breath of it's a breath of fresh air, even though it's a different coat and paint on episode four. I would mm -hmm. say. Yeah, and I I can see why. Like I I just I can't give it an A either because of just the fact that they copy four. Saw mm -hmm. ready is gonna be down, but I just I I think this is better than Return of the Jedi to me. Like mm -hmm. I just feel like Return of the Jedi, like we talked about last time, was just a little bit sloppy to the conclusion. Like it was still powerful and all, but. It just wasn't as smooth as I feel Force Awakens is. Like, it's still good, but it's just, it just didn't give me the the level of highs that Force Awakens did throughout the entire run. Yeah, but Episode 7 gives me a ton of questions in it that aren't answered at all. So I don't know where to land, but I land that Episode 6 is better than Episode 7. And, uh, but I, I, of course, I told us last time, I can't put original trilogy 4, 5, and 6 out of the A range. They're too magical of Star Wars pieces, I, but... I, I can uh, for 6, but I cannot for 4 and Yeah, five. I understand that. But, yeah, I, I just, I can't get over that limit of saying a sequel trilogy movie is better than episode 6. So, and, uh... So, that's just me. Yeah, but and that's just me, too. It's only two points less. I mean, it's not a big but, margin. It's still an A-. minus. But we can all agree. It's Both of us agree. It's a great... It's a good film. So, a, definitely check it out. Yeah. It's a really good film. Yeah. Definitely check it out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So... And if this is your first time ever watching Star Wars, I would say this is actually a good movie for a first ever Star Wars watch. Yeah, I, I would still recommend to oh, start yeah. with all the other ones, but if you want to get familiar with the new trilogy before Rise of Skywalker, yeah. this is a good one to start out with. Yep, for sure. So, so yeah, this is the Rise of, Rise no, of Skywalker. No, that's, that, that, that's a it a week, week from today. Week. Oh man, I'm already can, too can excited. Can you believe it? I know. I got my Star Wars shirt on and everything. <laughs> but speaking of the Star Wars shirt I have on, I have a Last Jedi shirt which on. Which we should be doing next week. Which we'll be doing Tuesday. Yeah. We'll be talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Should be a very fun conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I'm excited for that. It's, it's going to be the season one finale. Yeah, so... so We'll be, make be sure it goes on a big guys. bad way. Be so. prepared. It'll be an interesting conversation, to say the least. And what movie are we watching tomorrow? Oh, yeah, that's right. There, there's a movie in between this one and Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. So we had a poll up to, to figure out, you know, which one it was going to be. And we it was, it was a tough run for a little bit. But then the movie that we're going to review tomorrow took a hold and won. Even though... I do have a tradition of watching this film on a certain day, which which I'll talk more about when we review this film tomorrow. But we're going to watch it today because you guys requested it. Mm -hmm. Home Alone. Home Alone. To get us in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Because if Star Wars isn't enough, this film definitely is. Christmas is in five days. Well, no, no, it's actually, no, it's not 15 days. 15 Let's, uh, let's get the calendar out to, to be nine, day that, nine, nine days. Nine days. Okay, I'm sorry. I was like uh, right, you're, right you're, in the you're, middle. You're getting me excited. Like, Christmas is five days? Let's go. 
But I'm thinking Rise of Skywalker, the 20th. Yeah, that, that, that's our Christmas. I don't, I don't know what the 25th is all about. Yeah, so Home Alone should be coming out yep, tomorrow so, or so Sunday. They come out tomorrow or Sunday. We'll be watching it and reviewing it then. Looking forward to it. It should, it should be a fun one as well. So it'll be Home Alone tomorrow, and then Tuesday is our plan to watch and review The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. which will be the last one that we review before our Christmas break, before we come back in January. Yep. And all that, which we'll, we'll talk more about that uh, when we do Last Jedi and stuff. But mm-hmm. that's the plan for the rest of uh, this week and next week. So stick with us then. It'll, it'll be great. Yeah, so this was Episode 7, The Force Awakens Movie Review. Great time. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, may the force be with you all.